0: Hello everyone, my name is Gunjan and I am your host for this episode of the podcast series from the House of Ram. In the previous episodes, we have looked at relationships, namely parent, child and siblings. In our episode today, we will look at another important relationship in everyone's life, that of a spouse. For this, I would like to start from the very beginning. We first look at Dashrath's relationship with his three wives. When he does the Yajna to beget Ayars, the gods give him the Payasam for his wives to consume. It is said that he distributes it equally between his three wives, and then Kaushalya and Kekai both share their portion with the third wife Sumitra again. It appears that till this time he is treating all his wives equally in terms of his love, attention and time. However, as the epic progresses, it is shown that he may be favouring Kekai more than the other two. It is hinted that Kekai being the favoured queen was also arrogant and naturally insecure at the thought or idea of falling from this position. This context is also set in order to explain how and why she was easily swayed by Manthara's words. This has been heavily debated by various authors, but the message appears to be the same, that while it is a husband's dharm to treat all his wives equally, it may be practically impossible to achieve this, and has therefore been discouraged as chosen conduct. Having said that, as this situation is not likely to happen in today's day and age, I think in the modern context, This can be compared to living in a joint family. The patriarch or the matriarch of the family should treat everyone equally, adults and children. The adults of the family should steer clear from politics and work towards harmony and peace within the family. Unfortunately, this is the closest analogy I can find in the modern world today. Riding on this comes the contrast of Ram who pledges to be monogamous to the extreme, where he says that not only will he have only one wife, but also that he will have only one mate for his entire life. His pledge encompasses the possibility that should his chosen wife be separated, either willfully or even by death, he would not take another. As we all know, this has been hailed as the perfect mariada. Needless to add, his brothers follow suit in his footsteps. Now if we look at Sita and Ram's spousal relationship, it appears to be a relationship between equals. Nowhere in the Ramayana is Sita portrayed as a doormat. She is not portrayed as someone whose life revolves around Ram. Most versions of the Ramayana showcase Sita as someone so unique, so peerless, that only a man worthy may be with her. A lot of people I know feel that Sita was a prize given away to whoever could pick up the Shiva's bow. But I believe that this is only a way to check the man's character, as no one except the pure-hearted would be able to lift it, as was evident from the fact that Ravan, tried and failed to lift it, despite being such a big Shiv Bhakt. It wasn't a test of physical strength. If we look at this concept in the modern world, do parents or even individuals look for their prospective mates to pass some tests? How much should he be earning? What would be his or her family background? What is his or her education level, etc.? It is obvious that one is not looking for the money or the degree. These are just benchmarks on which one hopes to reasonably guess the character of the other person. So, once again, the message appears to be that testing a prospective spouse's character is appropriate. However, getting back to the relationship, Ram and Sita appear to be bonded by mutual love and trust. Ram's pledge of monogamy is fully endorsed and reciprocated by Sita. The respect for her wishes is of prime importance to Ram and vice versa. Whether it was her decision to go to Vanvas or the desire for the infamous Golden Deer, neither seems to be the center of attention or attraction. They both appear to be revolving around each other to the exclusion of everyone and everything else. This nature of spousal relationship has been given a big thumbs up as being the perfect one. A relationship between equals, complementary to each other, based on love, trust and respect, and exclusive to the exclusion of all others. We will next look at the relationship between Bali and his wife Tara. Tara was once again a gifted individual. She is known for her statecraft. Bali had multiple mates, as was the Vanar custom. However, he is also known to have forcefully kept Ruma, Sugreev's wife, as a mate. In the entire episode of Misunderstanding with Sugreev, Tara tried to mediate with Bali, albeit to no effect, when it became known that Sugreev had forged an alliance with Dram, She had the intelligence to understand that Bali was now in a weaker spot. It is said that at this time she counseled Bali to make peace with Sugreev and name him his heir. Needless to add, Bali did not heed the advice and was resultantly killed by Ram. Her second show of statesmanship came when she once again mediated and pacified an angry Lakshman and prevailed upon Sugriv to gather his armies in aid of Ram's cause. It is hinted that she did this to protect the entire Vanar race from the wrath of Ram. It is said that this conduct of hers was hailed by Ram, who then promised her not only the protection of the entire Vanar race, but also ensured that her son Angad would be the heir to the Vanar kingdom after Sugriv. Here we see that a spouse who has the intelligence and the wherewithal to be flexible to changing circumstances, to understand the moral folly of her spouse and then to have the courage to take control is acceptable on the maryada scale. A spouse who will work for the protection of his or her family, race and offspring even without the physical presence of his or her spouse is considered good conduct. The story may also be telling us that the spousal behaviour and spousal dharma outlives the life of one's spouse. The last relationship that we will look at is that of Ravan and Mandodri. Mandodri was a picture of a devoted spouse who moves heaven and earth literally to find solutions to keep her spouse safe and protected. She counsels Ravan against his decision on Sita, however, in some versions of the story, she is even said to have given ideas on how to win over Sita, or how to win the war. She stands by him even though she loses her children in battle. It is a complete and blind faith, unconditional support even when she knows the folly of her husband and the sure shot destruction that is going to befall her race. She chooses her side and then stands by it. Till the last moment and even after the death of Ravan, she stands by his side. Various versions of the story show Mandodari in different light. She goes from being a villain to be a good wife. Mandodari is the only character in the Ramayana who, in my opinion, has been clearly considered as wearing different hats. If we look at her devoutness and steadfastness as a wife, she has been given a big thumbs up. But when seen as a queen or a mother, she has been termed as a total failure. In her single minded approach or dedication to being a good wife, she has sacrificed her race and her offspring which she might have avoided if she had taken a stand, counseled her children, etc. Ramayana does not portray women as weak beings, who have no say in any matter, or who do things out of fear. So it may not be right to assume that given the stature of her husband, she was afraid or a voluntary mute spectator of the destruction. She is portrayed as having made a choice, As setting her own maryada in the context, her wife dharma was superior to all her other dharmas and that was her choice. As there is no clear indication on whether Mandodari's choice was a good one or a bad one, it is left to us on whether we want to resonate with it or not. So I will leave it to you to reflect upon her choice and decide for yourself if that is how you would like to set your own maryada. There are, of course, other stories that we can reflect upon. The more interesting ones would be Kekai and Dashrath, Urmila and Lakshman. One could even look at Shupnakha's marriage. Before ending this episode, I would like to request the listeners to understand, decode and reflect upon these stories in a gender-agnostic way. In the modern context, a man may well find himself in Tara's or Mandodari's situation. So please do not relegate these stories as women's stories alone. Thank you for listening. This is your host Gunjan signing off from this episode of the podcast series from the House of Ram. If you would like to write to me, I can be reached at gunjan at the rate of thehouseofram.com.